everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we look forward to Pesach and eating way more matzo pizza than I will ever care to admit. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. This is the last Chametzika live lunch before we get into Pesach. Yes, uh, Yantif starts, please God, tomorrow night. I'm wishing everyone a Chag Kasher V'Sameach. And we are coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the absolutely gorgeous Lower East Side of Manhattan. Been enjoying beautiful weather this week. And a Boker Tov to Yoni. What's up, Yoni? Good morning. How are you? Um, dreading the days of no chametz. <laughs> well, you should be dreading other things, actually, which brings me to the question, how's everyone in Houston? Um, another flood, but uh, we'll rebound. We'll be fine. You guys seem to rebound, thank God. This is not your first flood. As nope. No, certainly not your first flood. This is number flood number what flood for you? Well, I'm in my early 20s. I've been through, I think, four now, five. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And your parents so far, please God, thank God, are fine? Yeah, they're good. And what about neighboring, like your your other family members? I mean, houses got water. The shul got a bit of water, but uh, nothing we're not used to. Nothing. Wow. You just, it's just another day in Houston. Yep. Wow. All right. Well, those pictures online seem pretty scary, but I'm happy you're tougher than that. A uh, shout out to everyone in the Houston community as we were there last year. It will be a year in June where we were there to cover the Memorial Day flood, which was quite extensive and certainly shed a tremendous amount of light on the plight of the community in Houston as they battle water. Just a natural element that we take for granted and preventing the damage that often comes with it. But um, that was a that was a wonderful opportunity to meet the people in Houston and to be toured and share some of the stories that we heard there. And we we don't have plans to go back, though Yoni started the week by saying, hey, when are we going to Houston? But um, we do wish everyone there a Chag Hosher and an easy recovery. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you're a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nachum Siegel Net, all one word. Miriam L. Wallach, also all one word. Let's do this. We're going to do a fortune cookie. I'm actually thinking of doing two simply because um, I got to get rid of the hummets. It's just it's just that easy. Yoni, I had a Shiloh last night that I asked one of my children, is eating the uh, hummets before Pesach to get rid of all your hummets uh, caloric or is it free of calories? Um, I always hold by everything's caloric. So You do hold that everything is caloric? Can't you tell? Oh, shush. <laughs> You're a young guy. You can still eat bagels and all those good things in life. All right, let's do a fortune cookie. Here we go. Strong convictions precede great actions. Well, I'll keep that one. Let's see. You know what, by the way? You know why these fortune cookies have been good lately? <laughs> why? Yes, you do. Because you haven't been picking them. All right, let's do the second one. Hold on. It's a double fortune. Here we go. A person's character is his destiny. Wow. All right. I'll pass that one along. That one's a little too deep for me. Uh, national holidays. Bulldogs are beautiful day. Not sure I feel that one. It's high five day. It's National Dare Day, which is evidently the third Thursday in the month of April. It's kindergarten day. Who doesn't love kindergarten? It's National Chocolate-Covered Cashews Day. And who doesn't love chocolate-covered cashews? And uh, it's the Queen's birthday, which evidently is not a national holiday, but is really the Queen's birthday so shout out to the queen of england and uh to the grandmom 
and a happy birthday to her. You are listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Dr. Rona Novik joins us on the air. She's the dean of the Israeli Graduate School of Jewish Education and Administration at Yeshiva University, and she holds an appointment. I, I, I want to add this part in because I want everyone to understand that Dr. Novik's expertise is not just in the classroom, but there's clinical experience as well. She holds an appointment as Associate Clinical Professor of Child Psychology at North Shore Long Island Jewish Medical Center. She also serves as the co-educational director of the Hidden Sparks program, providing consultation to day schools and yeshivas. And Dr. Novak has been on the air with us before. I am pleased to welcome her back to That's Life. Good morning, Dr. Novak. Good morning. How are you? I am well. Thank you for joining me and a good Arab Pesach to you. Thank you. My pleasure. The chicken soup is boiling away. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, every everything is everything is where it should be. Everything, all the processes are taking place. I know that in my house, erev Pesach and the couple of days beforehand, and even the weeks beforehand, Pesach is a family effort, and I I love involving my kids in whatever the preparation is. Whether we're staying home and making Pesach, whether we're going away and being treated to a Pesach away, whatever it is, there is some kind of involvement that we can make sure that everyone experiences the Erev Pesach experience. Absolutely, and it makes sitting down to Seder together all that more, much more rewarding. There are, there are complications, uh, I shouldn't say complications, there are, um, uh, gosh, what's the right word? Um, challenges? Challenges. Wow, that was good. Thank you very much. There are challenges in integrating multiple levels, multiple generations, multiple age groups at the Seder, which is why I was so excited that you were able to join us on the air, not only because this is so your level of expertise in your area, but also because you recently have a blog post that went up, I'm pretty sure it was this week, on the uh, on YU Blogs. It was blogs.yu.edu. And the title of the piece is, is Creating a More Meaningful Passover Experience for Guests of All Ages. We make such an effort to make sure the kids are included, right? But we have to make sure everyone's included. Absolutely. And I, I actually think that one of the best ways to be sure everyone is included is to cross the age divides as frequently as you can. Pair up elders and youngsters on teams. Give them mysteries and problems and games around the Seder. Make partnerships across the generational divide. So give us an example of that. I, I mean, I, I can tell you that we have um, we have five generations, and I, it's, it's not a, it's not. I know her, a wonderful Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Right, it really is quite unique. So please, God, we have five generations at our Seder. So we have uh, the AARP crew and the still in diapers crew. So how are we going to? What is the best way to to move ahead to make sure that everyone gets something and that everyone feels integrated? So who am I pairing with who? So, uh, obviously, the diaper set is not going to do much other than look <laughs> adorable right. and give everybody nachos. <laughs> um, but once you get to toddler and above and older adults, you can create a pair and consider having this game at your Seder. Tell everyone in advance that the pair, older and younger, have to create an action word code. So, for example, every time they hear Mitzrayim, they're going to touch their nose. <laughs> or every time that they hear Avraham Avinu's name, they are going to pat their head. They don't tell anybody what their word and what their action is, but the rest of the Seder table has to guess. That's 
hysterical and and genius and now you have everyone at the table first of all really listening to each word of the Haggadah and waiting for their magic word to come on you're engaging older adults in a cute little game where younger people can delight everybody and you have people looking at each other making eye contact and a frailist atmosphere at the Seder as well. I love this idea. I love this idea because as long as we, we all agree that the word Dayenu should not be one of the options, as uh, one we have these little kids. Let's talk about those kids in diapers. You have a kid in diaper who can recognize the word Mitzrayim. You have a kid, whatever it is, you know that mm-hmm. they And by the way, maybe for that child, Dayenu is okay. Because there, everyone starts by singing that song. Everyone starts by by learning that song. So maybe we have some kind of integration there, and then that kid too is involved in the seder. Absolutely, that is. A- I also think it's it's wonderful to not only have our sedarim, our seders, be a place of tradition and to share age-old, time-worn, and beloved family traditions, <laughs> but I think it's also wonderful to encourage our guests. To start new ones. So, for example, you're you're not opposed to these all these different like uh, Judaica fun things that are out now. The masks, you know, we uh, we actually do own the ten plagues masks. So somebody is wearing. You, know, uh, you are a plagued household. Yes, <laughs> and, and blessed at the same time. Exactly. So we have we ha- there are all those newfangled things where people are or the the jumping frogs or the opportunity. I, I know somebody who drapes the entire room, the walls of the dining room in blue, so it looks like the walls are covered in water and everyone is sitting amidst the water. Says I was thinking smaller and low cost. I don't mean to put any of the Judaica manufacturers out of business here. But I was really thinking about, again, going around the table and partnering elder and younger generations and saying, if we wanted to create for our family, for our Seder, whenever we're together for Seder, do we want to all hold our forks upside down when we sing Dayeno? And that's going to be our shtick from now on. Or do we want to always, um, you know, jump up and turn around three times when we come to the Manish Tana before we say it? Are there family rituals or traditions that we want to create? In, in my family, I brought a ritual that I saw when I was single. I, I saw a very distinguished rabbi sing Chad Gadya with all the sound effects. Mm-hmm, sure. And that has become such a beloved ritual in our family that even when the children were too young to stay up, we would have to do Chad Gadya somewhere in the middle of the Seder for the little ones <laughs> sure. so that they could do all the animal noises. Right. I, my cousins, who we used to spend Seder with when I was younger, from, my, from their other side, from their other cousins, that was their tradition, to do it with the animal noises as well. So we did one Seder with and one Seder without. And I remember distinctly wanting to so adopt that into our, our, both of our Sedarim because mm-hmm. it seemed just so much fun. And sometimes, and I'm not going to negate the importance or the beauty of adding Torah and kids, you know, preparing the Divrei Torah and making sure to contribute that way to the Sadarim. But we want to make sure that people are enjoying themselves. We want to make sure people of all ages and all levels are having fun. Yes, and anything that engages people in the text and engages them in 
somehow coming to this feeling, it's the only night in the Jewish calendar when we're actually told it's a mitzvah to experience yourself as going back in time. It's a mitzvah to feel as if you yourself are being redeemed from Egypt. Now, children are masters of imagination. So joining older and younger generations together to imagine what does freedom feel like? Mm. What are the first moments of freedom feel like? Turn to your neighbor at the Seder and talk about a time you felt really free. I would, if I was one of my kids, I imagine getting the car keys for the first time. Being able to drive on your own is probably the, any, a a pivotal moment in everyone's lives. Something that everyone of that age of 17 and older, someone, a moment that we can all look back on and say, oh, I remember being able to drive myself for the first time. There is that freedom. And, and uh, one of the messages that I don't think that, that we, we go through enough is that with freedom comes responsibility. And, and that's true in the Haggadah as well. Absolutely. And by the way, freedom doesn't, isn't just for adolescents and their car keys. It's toddlers. The first time they get to um, play in the backyard by themselves or when it's Purim and they're allowed to choose any candy they want (laughs) from the Mishloach Manot. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. And again, it does come with, as you said, Miriam, responsibility because if you choose too many of those candies, you've got a pretty bad bellyache on Shushan Purim. That is true. And if you say too many, uh, you go through too much at the Seder, I will never be able to stay up till the end. That is <laughs> that is always my problem. Dr. Rona Novik joins us. She's the Azraeli Graduate School of Jewish Education Administration. Let's go through some um, additional ideas. Because when you have um, different, shall we say, attention spans, at the table, and and the Seder is not a 15-minute meal. It is not a 45-minute meal. You will be there for a while. You're settling in, and, and we want to make sure that even if everyone's not engaged the whole time, and frankly, I don't have the attention span to be engaged the entire time, but we want to make sure that everyone is engaged at some point. Well, one strategy that works very well for focusing children and I think it works as well for focusing adults, is mystery and novelty. We know the Seder always engages us around questions, and it prompts questions. It's, it's the whole point of the Seder is to engage people in asking questions. But much of our Seder discussion is often around fairly high-level questions. Why not give younger children and the older set that may be struggling to stay focused and awake very simple questions, things, little mysteries to solve. Here's a trick one. How many times does Moses' name appear in the Haggadah? Mm. How many different rabbis are mentioned? <laughs> How many times is an animal mentioned in the Haggadah? Can you find a place mentioned in the Haggadah that starts with the letter B, or in Hebrew, the letter Bet, Bet? That is going to engage someone in really looking at their Haggadah, waiting to hear the, that word, seeing if they found it on that page, et cetera, and it keeps people focused and engaged. And it's very easy. If you have the time before the Seder to jot down these little klutz caches or Seder stumpers, (laughs) put them on index cards in the middle of the table, and the minute that a child seems to have their attention waning, you can have them pick a card and see if they can solve the Seder stumper. I had that. I think that's a great idea. It reminds me 
which this is an unusual moment here at That's Life when I actually share over a piece of Torah that I had just recently heard. But on Shabbos, on Shabbos Hagadol, Shabbos morning, there was a bar mitzvah in shul. And Rabbi Reisman spoke as a special guest in shul that morning because he is actually has a chavrusa with the bar mitzvah boys and his grandson. So he has a unique experience and a unique opportunity with these three 13-year-old boys. And he shared a a, a, a piece from the Haggadah in which he explained the beauty of Echad Chacham, Echad Rasha, Echad Tam, the Echad She'ena Yodei Lishol as being the paradigm for how we teach children and how we need to have each child treated as an individual when we look at the Seder and when we educate children in general. So I think that in looking, in, in, in having read your blog piece and listening to these different ideas and just this simple idea of having these cards in the middle that will offer stimulation to one of those groups of kids or another group of kid, another category of, of child or of learner or of participant, that that we're saying it's not just these four kinds of, of children, so to speak. It's also the, the person in their late 70s whose strength is not what they used to be, or maybe somebody in their late 80s who doesn't have the opportunity to sit so long at a table. We have, we have so many different personalities, so many different individuals at each Seder table that it's almost all of our responsibilities to pay attention to each of those individuals so that we are all engaged. Absolutely. And also keep in mind that the diversity at our Seder is not just generational. We have different backgrounds in Mm. terms of Torah learning. And so while one part of the Seder, we may be able to have rich discussions of the commentators and the commentaries and go deep into Torah sources, having these very simple, I'm calling them Seder stumpers or mysteries of the Haggadah that anybody could address just with the Haggadah in front of them with no prior background levels the playing field. I will tell you that as schooled as I am, I can't answer the question, how many bodies of water are mentioned in the Haggadah? I I wouldn't even have a clue. In my head, I don't know. But I know, having made up these cards, by by the way, (laughs) from my own Seder, somebody is going to have to pay attention this year and answer that question. Um, And I'll be focused a little differently as we read the Magid and the story of, of Pesach and Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the Exodus, from Egypt, I'll be focused probably for the first time in my life on whether it's only the Red Sea and a river that's mentioned, or are there other times when a body of water is mentioned? So I think it's very interesting that you bring that up and you mention people's individual backgrounds, um, specifically because the Seder is often a time where you have people at the table who aren't used to tradition to orthodox judaism who are mm-hmm. more in the traditional sphere and so one of your ideas on the blog is to discuss the seder with your guests before seder night it's sort of like when i when 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 we talk about managing expectations everyone's expectations need to be um, I don't want to say put on the side, but we need to have them understand what their expectations for the night should be. This is a rather unusual evening, and this is how it's going to go. Not only can we do that, but just as all of my guests are calling asking, what time, when are we starting, <laughs> where are we staying, what can I bring, that's the perfect time to say, would your family, would your group of four, would you and your spouse 
like to adopt, I don't know, Urchatz, and say a few words about what it means to you. Would your family like to lead the Birkat HaMazon, the benching after meals, and say a few words about what it means to you to say thanks for a delicious meal? It's a time to invite our guests' involvement and engage them, just as you said, Miriam, you engage your whole family. Let's engage everybody in the preparation. Why should we have, those of us who are hosting, have all the pleasure? Right, right. Especially, right, pleasure, and let's use that word in quotation marks. One thing that um, my my mother had, had often mentioned is just that, the importance of, of having your guests be a part of it also, be a part of the preparation also, not just so that they can feel an ownership of the meal and that the table is theirs as well, but also, frankly, so that you as the host can get off your feet a little bit so you can share the responsibility. You want to be able to enjoy the Seder also. Nobody wants to come to the table with a a bunch of people, all of whom have, let's say, been around the house all day, but no one has helped, and therefore there's some kind of tension or resentment. Instead, when it's a team effort, even if everyone's involvement is not to the same level, as long as everyone's done something, the little kids have pre-cut the paper towels, this person has set the table, this person has done whatever. I remember it was my job to iron the napkins. As long as everyone was, was responsible for something, this way when you come together at the Seder, which is an involved um, meal. It's an it's an involved process. Everyone has been through it together, and everyone is therefore enjoying it together. Yes, and it's truly a communal effort. Right. It is truly a communal communal effort. Dr. Rona Novik joins us here on That's Life. She is Yeshiva University's Azraeli Graduate School of Education Dean. Uh, sorry, Dean of the Azraeli Graduate School of Jewish Education Administration. I sort of mixed that one around a little bit. And right. a and a return visitor here at That's Life. You also mentioned, by the way, um, in uh, sorry, another idea I had while you were just talking about different backgrounds and talking about, let's say, what Urchatz means to you, what Yachatz means to you. This may be this may be a little bit radical for some of our listeners, but also the idea of reading some of the sections once they have been read in Hebrew, read them in English. Make sure everyone understands what you just read. And frankly, it doesn't mean that everyone at the table does not have a strong Hebrew background or did not go to Yeshiva Day School or did not whatever, fill in the blank. It means that we're all understanding where we came from. And by the way, if that means that you're your primary language is Yiddish, put it in Yiddish. It doesn't really matter. But bring it down to a level that everyone can understand so that everyone gets something out of the text we are spending all night reading. <laughs> right. Um, we've, been, we've been to Seders where the four questions are said in four languages. Wow. Hebrew, and that's not shtick. That's because... Hebrew, every- English, Yiddish, and Arabic. Arabic. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've, we we go through the Yiddish, and of course, there's one Spanish teacher in high school who always gives out the mm-hmm. Arbogashos in Spanish, which is always fun to listen to, and everyone enjoys it. But Arabic, that's one I haven't heard. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. Let's talk for a second about the Afikomen, because we only have a few minutes left, and we would not want to discuss the entire Seder without discussing what must be, what is the pinnacle of the Seder for every single kid. Is the hiding of the, of the Afikomen, the finding of the Afikomen, the necessary Afikomen present at the end? Let's, let's... And I've seen families do this in different ways, but my feeling is it's so much fun, and it's so wonderful. 
but there's only one Afikoman, and there's only one finder. Why not spread the wealth? Why not have a magic napkin that gets hidden as well? Why not put, have a scavenger hunt and hide, again, if you have the time, hide various Pesach clues or items around the, the Seder room, the dining room, and invite kids to find as many things as they can. Tell them that there is a, mm. um, not, obviously not a piece of matzo, one doesn't want the crumbs all, <laughs> all over the place, but there's a soup spoon somewhere, and there's a, uh, a napkin ring somewhere, and who can find them? Or invite the kids to hide things as, as some families do with the Afikoman, and have the adults find them. Playing a game of hot potato where you're, you know, they tell you you're, you're getting closer, you're warm, you're warm, you're warm, etc. It's very hard also for certain individuals' ages to sit still for so long. Oh, for sure. And Afikoman is a natural time. The Afikoman hunt, it's a natural time to stretch your legs. Right. It's, 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 Ki'ilu the seventh, it's the Ki'ilu seventh inning stretch, so to speak. Exactly. Before sitting down to finish the the um, the Hawil and the other parts of the Seder. Right. There is something to be said for being able to, I'm going to say this in quotation marks, make it through the entire Seder, no matter what your age is. I know that for me, it is always it is always a feat. Staying up late at night in general is not something I have any skill to do, but certainly after being on my feet, I just don't have the strength anymore. So there's something to be said also for the people who make it to the end of the night. I don't know. It's like it's a little bit of a camaraderie, a little bit of we're the last one standing kind of a thing. I love the, the vision that the end of the night is going to be with one of my little kids and my husband and one of my in-laws and, and somebody else, please God, that, that they too will have that bond that stretched the ages of something that they could do at the Seder. Right. And even if people have to take a break, have to go off onto a couch or some children have to nap, to the extent that you can regroup everybody and sing together Chasel Sidur Pesach and sing together Bashana Haba'ah Birushalayim next year, please God, in Jerusalem. It is a magic moment. Amen. Amen. Again, the piece is called Nine Tips to Enhance Your Seder. Dean Ronanovic on creating a more meaningful Passover experience for guests of all ages. You can find it at blogs.yu.edu under new, slash news slash nine tips to enhance your Seder. I'm sure that if you go to YU News also, it is posted there, and I will be tweeting it out as well. Dr. Novick, as always, I very much appreciate you taking the time to join me. I know you have a crazy schedule in general, but Arab Pesach, it's got to be even nuttier. So I really thank you for taking the time, and I wish you and your family a Thank you. And it's only nuttier for those who don't have nut allergies in my family. (laughs) (laughs) Wishing you and your family and all of your listeners and Klal Yisrael a happy, healthy, and decent Pesach. And really, may next year, at this time, we be talking about wondrous things together. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Be well. You too. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day. The live lunch starts in just a few minutes, few moments. That was a combination of minutes and moments, by the way. We have a full afternoon of programming. Do not miss a beat at the conclusion of Jamin the AM tomorrow morning. It's another great presentation of Table for Two. And uh, I'm just trying to truncate all of my usual announcements because I want to be able to play this song in its entirety. My favorite Pesach song. 
of all time is Diaspora's Lo S Avo Senu. It is a great, great song, and I apologize for all of the uh, announcements I am not making, but I got to hear this track. I wish everyone a Chag Kasher V'Sameach. Enjoy your families, everyone. Cherish these moments. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Oh, oh, oh.